Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dancing Around the Questions. It's been a little while. I'll start off with a piece of life advice for anyone recording audio. Don't do it right as you're starting your dishwasher. It's very loud. But anyway, today's guest is Lydia, who is a member of the Richmond dance community. She recently returned from a trip down to Cali, Colombia, where she really got to immerse herself in the very rich salsa scene there. And she has a lot to share about the types of salsa dancing they do and a little bit about the the food and the dance culture down there. So without further ado, here's Lydia. But that's something I have to deal with too because sometimes I'm the quiet one. Sometimes I'm actually the loud one. I'm also realizing now I have a lot of nonverbal communication. So I'm just <laughs> making gestures and realizing, oh, Gerardo's just jo- talking by himself now. So I have to vocalize these gestures somehow. Just describe them in great detail. Tilted head to the right. <laughs> hand alto tilted to the right. Um, so imagine that as you will, listeners. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, welcome back to the United States and also welcome back or uh, welcome to the podcast for the first time. Thanks. I'm so honored to be on Richmond and even bigger than Richmond's hottest podcast <laughs> dancing around the That's, questions. Um, a little bit generous. Um, believe it, achieve it. I say very inspirational. I'll try to live up to it. But yeah. How is, how long have you been back now? Um, I got back about two weeks ago, I think. Yes, it's been about two weeks. I'm not working at the moment, so my sense of time is non-existent. Oh, that's... Um, uh, but I think it's about two weeks. That's something I'm very familiar with. Yes. Although the only thing I really have to entertain myself right now is just counting the seconds that go by, so... Ah. Uh, and oh. Arrested Development. That's a good, that's a good escape. Have you watched, did, are you watching the new ones from when it switched producers? No, I had, like, I haven't seen it at all, so I'm starting with, like, the okay. original three seasons. I already gets bad later. I also only watched the original ones that were very good, so. Well, we'll see. I'll, like, I'll get to them because they're there, um, but it's hard. No, I, like, I love the show, but I can't do any more than, like, a short burst at a time because the characters are yeah, it's pretty dark humor yeah <laughs> it's not even like dark humor it's just like oh my god like imagine these people being real people i'm sure there's some that exist like them who knows writing is based off something real it has to be unfortunately that's probably true but yeah so what were you do- where were you I know, but... Um, I was in Cali, Colombia, which is the salsa capital of the world. And I was there for about two months, um, just kind of hanging out, dancing, and having a good time. Okay, so salsa capital of the world. Why is that? Um, honestly, I didn't learn a ton about the history of it. It's just very popular there. And there's a huge concentration of dance studios and dance talent. And they also have their own 
style of salsa called salsa caleña, which is quite different from salsa linea, which we dance um, predominantly here in the United States. So that style of salsa is particular there. There's some people that dance linea there too, but it's a totally different style of salsa, and they tend to dominate in like salsa competitions, it seems like. The linea or the caleña? The... Just like dancers from Cali. There's so many dance studios oh. and so many dance teams. Okay. Like in international um, competitions, you mean? Or? Yeah, just like a ton of great dancers come out of Cali. Okay. And like end up moving to other parts and teaching salsa or whatnot. Because uh, I'm honestly pretty ignorant about like what the, who, who the big salsa people are, unless they've oh, been me in too. Like I really don't know. DC or Richmond mm-hmm. region. Yeah, I really don't know. But like. In that city of about 2 million people, this is like totally guessing, but it felt like there were 30 to 50 dance studios. There are just so many, and there's so many teams. Um, so there are just so many good dancers there. And people just really love salsa music, so any taxi, restaurant, random bar is probably playing salsa music at any given time. If you don't like salsa, don't go there. Really <laughs> like you'll it would be a nightmare for you because it's really playing constantly. You can't avoid it. It wasn't like that in the, uh, you went to Bogota as well. Yeah, I was in Bogota for a few days before I went to Cali and a few days after. No, salsa is still pretty popular there too. But uh, Bogota is known for not being a dance city. Like people are, people from Bogota are known for not being good dancers. (laughs) I don't think there's like a U.S. I don't know if there's like a U.S. equivalent. I I can't think of one. Maybe with them. like, maybe other dances or people will just like trash talk like, oh, he's from Richmond, so he doesn't know how to dance. Yeah. This. Yeah, people say that about Bogota. People don't know how to dance there. Which I did go out salsa dancing there once. And from the one experience, I would say... Yes, this is accurate. No one here knows how to dance, but that's only one experience. I'm sure the dancers, because I'm sure there are dance teams and a dance culture there, um, I'm sure they have their designated places that they go. But since salsa is just kind of a popular genre of music in Colombia in general, uh-huh. there will be plenty of salsa bars that are playing only salsa, but it's not necessarily that a really big dance crowd is drawn there. It's more just to hang out. Um, singing along to the music is a bigger part of huh. going out to salsa bars. Um, and the dancing is more casual. In Bogota? Or um, everywhere. everywhere. It just happens to be that everyone in Cali kind of knows how to dance better. Mm-hmm. Just for the love of salsa. People just come out of the womb um, <laughs> with one, two, three, five, six, seven. So everyone just kind of has the salsa rhythm down. Or, or um, you... Because, fun fact, I tried to do this with Lydia a few days ago, not like it really matters to you, the listener, and totally didn't have my equipment ready. But you, you mentioned that, like, on the one hand, it's kind of ingrained in just, like, the culture that everyone knows, like, basic dancing. But then on the other hand, like, it's less important, like, the whole one, two, three, five, six, seven. Oh, yeah, that was something I found when following... Um, I was predominantly following there. People tend to switch between, oh yeah, 
I can't look away. I tend to look away into space when I talk, and I can't do that. You can just look away. You can look away. No one has to look away. Oh, yeah. People tend to switch a lot between kind of on one and on two, and there's a lot more listening to the music to determine how you want to (laughs) step, I guess is the right word for that. Um, And even, like, people on dance teams and, like, professional and instructors will switch a lot the timing and also in salsa calenia it feels like there are a lot of times where you get off time for certain combinations of moves or you'll for example you'll step on the four or something so you end up being backwards and then there are little moves you can do to get back on time so that's not something i feel very much in salsa linea Mm -hmm. where you're getting off time and then getting back on time which is kind of common in other dances like bachata but that is something common in salsa calenia so you can't be as married to the the count as with salsa linea which is hard if you learn to dance in a classroom like i did rather than just learning growing up yeah you kind of have the count in your head and you want to step on whatever foot you think is the right one to be stepping on based on how you maybe started to dance with someone but then they switch later and you have to keep up with all the switching so what um what makes salsa calenia different um if you've never seen it i would recommend just youtubing it and you'll find some great videos it's known for being super fast there's a lot of footwork instead of line salsa where you're you know dancing in a line um, the basic step looks a lot more like cumbia, where you're kind of pivoting and um, stepping backwards on one and five. Um, the turns feel a lot different. Um, a lot of the basic turns are more like axle turns rather than turns you step out um, with each count. So overall, it just looks a lot faster. There's a lot more footwork. But yeah, I really recommend if you've never seen it, because I pretty much never see anyone dancing salsa calenia here in the U.S. Uh, maybe there are pockets of Colombians dancing salsa calenia in other cities, but um, and not that I travel a ton within the U.S. Um, for salsa dancing, but I've really yet to see socially people dancing salsa calenia here, because it's kind of weird how it's specific to one city in columbia like i really can't but then like a lot of people do it there yeah and in other cities so like when i was in bogota there are people dancing salsa calenia there and i think that style might be more popular in all of columbia i'm not totally sure but also like if you go to a class they might teach salsa linea moves within like a salsa calenia class or they want they're not going to call it a salsa calenia class they're just going to call it a salsa, salsa class and it just is salsa calenia because you're in cali this makes it even more confusing well not not confusing but for confusing for people who wouldn't know the difference yeah so they might teach linea moves and it's not super uncommon to switch between salsa calenia salsa linea cuban salsa wasn't super popular there i did meet a few people who dance cuban salsa which is great for me because uh-huh. i like cuban salsa so yeah, there's a lot more switching between styles too, I would say. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it is fun. I mean, I'll, I'll usually switch between like three different things when I'm trying to do a salsa song here. 
which can be confusing at times, but you know, I think it makes you, it, I feel like I became a better follower because there are just, there's a lot more variety. So you have to pay more attention. You have to get rid of some of your expectations. Like this started out as Linea on one, but later on we're dancing Kalenia on two and things just kind of switch a lot. Now, what about bachata? Because you had a different, um, sort of a different, exp- or different uh, perceptions of bachata there than the U.S. Yeah, it's kind of non-existent. I mean, you like I would hear it a lot, um, like people listening to it, but uh, people don't really like to dance it because um, everyone just loves salsa so much. There are like a million places you can go dance salsa, but bachata. There is like one place that would have one bachata every five salsas <laughs> so all the kind of dancer crowd like people who went to classes and stuff they would always go to that one place on thursdays so they could get in some bachata practice if they were taking classes there are a couple bachata themes but yeah it's just really not that popular people are not that interested in learning it and what i found super funny was that here in the u.s there's kind of this stereotype that people have that bachata is easier to learn because you know it's slower um and more forgiving in that way for at least starting to dance um no overall statements being made on what is a harder dance or not a harder dance but whether it, that matters or not yeah that no, doesn't matter but there's that stereotype for if you're going to start learning a dance bachata would probably be easier to start than starting with salsa so we have that stereotype here in the u.s but um, in Cali, it was funny because pretty much everyone there can dance at least some basic salsa. And if you mention that you like bachata or you dance bachata, uh, caleños will react like, wow, what? That's crazy. You must be like, a really good dancer if you dance bachata. Um, that's like something like, re- I don't know, quote unquote, real dancers. I don't know what that means. But we're like... <laughs> pros dance and if you say like uh like why why do you think that or if you're surprised by the reaction they'll say oh it's just just so hard and time i look at it i'm like wow so impressive i wonder which, um, which so they think it's really hard at. um i will say there's pretty much no dominican bachata at least that i really heard um, so like the one spot I mentioned that would play a little bit of bachata, it was pretty much all sensual. And that, that seems to be what's also mostly taught when I see, when I did go to some bachata classes from different instructors and it was pretty much all sensual. Uh-huh. So that seems to be, yeah, the more popular type to dance. But yeah, it's just funny that everyone there thinks bachata is really hard. <laughs> it, so it's I- the op- opposite stereotype. Yeah. And I got that reaction from many people. <laughs> yeah. I think there, there there might be something to that because I think when, even like with salsa, when you like really slow down and like put on a slow song, people will, and like I've done this for our regular classes, I put on like a really slow song. People will really start to understand like, oh, like I'm stepping through this step instead of taking my time with it or I'm just like skipping things when the songs are really fast. There's a, it's easier to make a timing mistake when there's like a lot of space where you can make that mistake. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, It might be that. I also think it might just be because a lot of people who dance 
regularly don't take classes. They just have always danced. Uh -huh. So it's not like they had to learn salsa through a class, but they know that if they wanted to learn bachata, they would probably have to go to a class since it's not very common. Uh -huh. You don't just see a lot of people dancing it out yeah. and about. So I think it's more the idea of you associate dancing bachata with going to classes and it's something you like have to pay someone and focus, put your focus into learning as opposed to like, you don't remember learning salsa because you learned it as a child. So it's um, like learning how to walk. Yeah. Something like that. Again, it's something I'm actually going through <laughs> right now. Is learning to walk harder than learning to dance? When I get there, I'll let you know. Okay. Yeah. It's like apparently just pushing your foot off the ground is a conscious task when you haven't done it in a month. If anything, it'll probably improve your dancing or that, something. That's the I'm, joke I made with somebody <laughs> too. I'm curious how it'll change, yeah, your experience of dancing now that you're focusing so much on your foot movement. Yeah, just like literal body mechanics. Yeah. It can only be good, I think. I think so too. I think I probably had a pretty terrible gait even before this all happened, so we'll fix it. Gerardo's going to come out of the surgery walking like a model down a catwalk. <laughs> If that's the anatomic, professional walker, if trained. that's the anatomically correct way to walk, so probably yeah. not. <laughs> Anything in high heels is terrible for your body. Oh, I have to do high heels too. No, but okay. it's just part of the the normal package okay. deal. I'm if there's an opposite for high heels, maybe I'll do that. High toes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk with. That's high probably toes. way worse. Oh. That sounds horrible. Just think about when you walk on your heels. If you ever walk on your heels. Just normally how much effort that takes <laughs> and how awkward that is. Okay, well, uh, now I want to make this a thing. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, there should be some kind of catwalk also. Like some designer should say, let's change it and do the opposite. And then everyone is like stumbles down the Suddenly runway on their there's heels. There's like a two to three year period where people are breaking bones and backs left and right because they're trying to do the high-toed shoes. Mm. Yay. So what about other types of dance in Colombia? Or well, at um, least where you were. Other social dancing. There was no Zouk. Zouk was non-existent. If you ask anyone about it, they probably never heard of it. There was Samki Samba. I think a couple studios taught it. So if they had dance socials. Um, they would play some kisomba in the same place that played the the bachatas on Thursday, like the last hour of their social. They would have a few kisombas too, so that seems to be growing in popularity um, over there. I think as far as partner dancing goes, that's the the most I saw. Um, there was some rueda. I didn't go to a class because a friend went and said it was super basic. So it seems like they're kind of just teaching really basic rueda for funsies. And there's not maybe a rueda culture. But I didn't look too into it. Um, I never saw rueda out. Aww. So, yeah. Um, that would have been cool. And I would have definitely tried to jump in and have not known any of the calls. <laughs> I'm sure there probably wouldn't. There probably would be like Salsa Calenia calls yeah. in... Um, the circle, which would be really cool, actually, now that I'm reflecting on it. There'd probably uh, be a chance they'd just start calling shit to intentionally try to get you to leave. 
Yeah, that too, <laughs> which I would understand. Actually, like now that I think about it, or I did think about this before, um, there's kind of a similar thing with Salsa Caleña where a lot of the names have steps, especially the more popular moves that everyone tends to dance the same way. So they'll have a name. And when you dance in partner with someone you're dancing Salsa Caleña, um, you can do a lot of these footwork steps together and it's like kind of led like they can kind of lead the the pivoting of your torso and hips and that kind of thing but for the most part when the steps get complicated you just have to watch their feet and hopefully you know that step (laughs) so you can do it or you have to be a very quick learner and try to copy what they're doing um but because there are all these steps and that are consistent across like how studios are teaching them um uh, people tend to know the same steps. Um, but then the flip side is true where you'll see like people from the same studio dancing together and they know their own steps that have their own name. And it might be some studios will call it a certain step by one name and other studios will call it by another name. So you may recognize a step, but people call it different things or there might be a slight difference to it. Um, so that's kind of similar to... Uh, Rueda, where between circles, people have different names for the same move, or they'll have slightly, they'll have the same name for something that's similar, but they each do it a little bit differently. Uh-huh. So there was kind of a similar feel to footwork steps. Other dances continued. Um, so if you just go out to a normal kind of club or place to dance, they'll have a mix of a lot of stuff. And they'll pretty much everywhere in Cali will still just play a lot of salsa wherever you go because everyone just loves salsa and it's the salsa capital of the world. So anywhere you can go, you can find um, your salsa. But a lot of places will also play um, salsa choque, which kind of sounds like a mixture between salsa and reggaeton. And um, usually when that comes on, like people kind of form groups or you'll do some kind of line style dancing which is maybe someone will go up someone who's really good at it will go to the front and you kind of form lines behind them like if the electric slide came on it's Mm kind of like that but there's no standard and then the basic kind of looks like a weird bachata basic where there are three steps and a tap but it's a lot more hippie like with your hips um not hippie like (laughs) (laughs) flower children I was going to um, ask, how, how is it more hippie than no. bachata? Yeah, even more hippie. It's a lot. It's like with a gold bay instead of like a little bump. Ah. It's just like much stronger hip action. Um, but that's a lot of fun. Recently, I don't know when the song came out, but a song by Califo Latino, which is one of the most famous salsa choque groups. They came out with a song, um, I think it's called Paguan Paguan. Hopefully that doesn't get fact-checked and that's super wrong. But um, I'm going to do it. Uh, go for it. I think that's right. But um, it's a Salsa Choque song, but in it they have some calls for some Salsa Calina moves. So when you get to that point of the song, you're doing the moves that they're calling out. So that's a really common song to hear out uh, when you're dancing. Um, okay, you found it. Okay, that was right. Name. Great. So, so this is Salsa Choque.
That might be all I can play before uh, the they copyright. Start for copyright. I even don't um, even know if it. Yeah, so in that song, they call out certain moves. So it's been a hit recently because a lot of people know the salsa calina moves that they're calling out. So lines will form and everyone will dance it together. We should do a one-off salsa where we're just playing like 40 different types of salsa. And yeah, watch, that'd be great. Watch people either enjoy or struggle or both. Also, the type of salsa you hear is different. There's a lot more pachanga and mambo and then they play kind of like standard linea but it's kind of considered like oh this is more romantic and (laughs) (laughs) um and because it feels weird to dance salsa calena to something a really slow salsa linea and likewise feels really weird to dance salsa linea to a pachanga but it doesn't feel weird to dance salsa calena to a pachanga so um the types of salsa you hear also are different, different dances, different feel. Further mudding the waters as to what salsa is. Yeah, salsa is so. I feel like I discover a new type of salsa <laughs> every month. And then they're like, it, it has its own type of steps and whatnot. So it's just too much to learn. Just while you'll have to go back and continue your studies. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um Salsa Kalenia is also very, it conserves more space, so it's easier to dance in a packed venue, whereas, you know, Salsa Linea, you kind of find, you got to find your slot, and you're using a slot the whole time, but in Salsa Kalenia, you can kind of just pivot in place more, uh-huh. and you you should still be watching to make sure you don't slam your partner into anyone. You have to come but, teach um, us at Havana, then. Oof. <laughs> if it all get if everyone was dancing salsa calenia, yeah. Um you could avoid the uh the beer spills that way. I don't think that would change. That's part of the venue. <laughs> but yeah, you can comfortably much more comfortably dance it in a packed place. I feel like I got stepped on less. I don't know <laughs> if that's related to the style of dance or just people being more observant of space. Oh, that brings up something good, actually. Yeah. How are, how are people there as far as like being conscious about what kind of space they have to dance in? Like in a dance venue. Or even just um, like when you're out dancing, anywhere. I think. I mean, it's not that different from the U.S. I feel like yeah, people use their big crazy moves when there's more space, and then as it gets more packed, you just kind of gotta do in place stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you'll find a lot more people trying out their linea moves and stuff early in the night. Even if it's maybe to a song that's not, is it appropriate for it? Because, you know, you kind of have to take advantage of the space while you have it. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same here where it gets too packed and a bunch of people start leaving. So, like, the people who want to do their crazy moves and combos and stuff come early to take advantage of less space and then it gets um more packed and you're kind of limited to doing more basic things for not wanting to slam into people uh-huh. but i think people are better at managing space just because everywhere it gets way more crowded overall even though everywhere was super packed i feel like in the u.s i don't have as good of a time at a social if it's really packed less so the case i felt there mm-hmm. so let's go away from Colombia for a little while we'll probably meander our way back there but when did you start dancing? Like, I remember when we met, you were like, I think it was right before 
you left for like Colombia or somewhere in South America. You were at a, a salsa connection class, and I was showing up to the next one. I started dancing uh, after I graduated college. Um, I had gone to kind of a couple salsa classes my last year of college because I had some friends who were in a salsa club. So I went to a few of those and it seemed fun, but I just um, didn't really have enough time to give it. Um, And also any kind of student club classes tend to be large and chaotic, like I remember um, you know, there's still just two instructors that were also students and, yeah. but there were like maybe 50 to 60 people there. So it's just loud and, um, hard to focus. And you had, there's only one level open class. So you had people who had been dancing for several years or maybe they danced as children. And then you had people like me who just kind of showed up, um, to see what it was about. So it was a cool club and I wish I had maybe gotten into it when I had first started college um, but, uh, yeah, that's where I was kind of introduced to the idea of maybe I would like to dance. So after I graduated and moved to Richmond, I started going to Salsa Connection here in Richmond. That's where I learned to salsa. And I kind of, for like a year, year and a half, I just kind of went to classes every now and then, and I didn't go out a ton, um, because I was also doing a master's so going to salsa class was kind of my fun activity but since I had so much homework after work I wasn't really practicing because I didn't want to go out for hours on weeknights or weekend nights because <laughs> I just was constantly doing homework and yeah. stuff so I got more into dancing once I finished my master's and then I had time to go to more classes and actually go out and dance with people so that was maybe four years ago. I don't even remember. That's about right, I think. Yeah, that's probably when we met. Because then I think I saw you at then, and then like you, you came up and you're like, "Hey, like you were in a metal band, right?" Or- oh yeah, I technically saw or met Gerardo many, many years ago because we went to the same college, but he graduated several years before me. But I recognized him because I had gone to see his band and um his band perform um i think when i was probably a freshman no i was definitely a freshman i don't know what you would have been then maybe a senior or something um i might have already been a grad student at that point maybe yeah so i met gerardo many years before salsa i didn't meet him but i saw who he was that's the end of that story (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i saw you at the leaving the salsa connection class and then didn't see you forever afterwards because school and other things. Yeah, that sounds all right. And then you became a regular after that was all said and done. Yeah. And then um, what was, was it ever like frustrating for you or are you kind of just like your typical self and like, eh, it's fine, I'll get this eventually? Um, And Kelly? Well, no, just or like, in dancing? Just, yeah, just dancing and just like learning how to do it in general. Times where I felt frustrated, not a ton I feel like, I just can't remember how I felt when I started. I think, yeah, in the beginning, it was hard because I just, uh, yeah, it takes a while to learn. I had done no types of dancing in my life. I was not 
any type of dancer. I was not used to having to think about body awareness, uh-huh. awareness or body movement. But I had done music. I played the violin for many, many years, kind of like stereotypical child playing classical violin. So I can count and keep rhythm. So I think that helped a lot. Um, I think the most frustrating part was, yeah, just learning how to follow because when you're a newbie, you'll be dancing with a bunch of new people and sometimes they're very experienced and they do crazy moves that you can't follow and it just takes time to learn how to follow those moves. But I think I had such low expectations for myself as a dancer because I had never done any dance before and this was like my adult fun hobby that I was going to do for fun. So I didn't have very many expectations that could be dampered. (laughs) I just had such a low expectation for myself. But no, it's always been fun. I think that's why I've continued to do it so long because I've enjoyed it. Good. It's nice to hear that perspective versus like, just just like I've I've heard a lot of frustration and like myself um, included about just like getting stuck at points. Mm. Doesn't seem to be the case. No, I'm just, I I know I have my complaints sometimes, but now that I'm asked this question, nothing comes to mind. I will say I did feel frustrated trying to learn Salsa Calenia because I did have this expectation of, well, now I've been dancing for several years. I've learned more styles of dance. So I feel like I can follow a lot of different types of movement. So how hard can learning another dance be that is still salsa it's not like learning a totally different new family of dance um but when I went out the first several times I was just missing so many (laughs) things that were very basic because the signals are just very different and I think what was harder to get used to was yeah the timing changes and I was used to stepping out turns because you do that in both Salsa Linea and Salsa Cubana. But yeah, a lot of the turns are like very fast axle turns that are not very common and are not as common in Salsa Linea or Salsa Calenia, at least like went for basic things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was just messing up all the turns <laughs> and getting off time because I was in my mind thinking, well, we started this dance on one. So obviously this lead wants to continue to dance the whole song on one but they would be changing back and forth and I would be trying to adjust to what I thought was the kind of established (laughs) count at the beginning but it doesn't really work that way (laughs) um so I I did feel some frustration in the beginning but then you just get used to it that reminded me of complete unrelated topic the food one thing you mentioned last time um, you were over here was the uh, cheese. This may or may not make it in, but it was just really funny oh, okay. to me. Yeah, one of the like Colombian signatures is hot chocolate with cheese in it, which sounds disgusting. If you don't think it sounds disgusting, you're probably Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like super common. And like putting cheese on anything... I'm not a big cheese person. Sorry, I know that hurts a lot of people's feelings. But um, so it's kind of hard to be in a place where people put cheese on everything. But the hot chocolate and cheese. I did try it towards the end of my trip because I felt like I had to. And, you know, it wasn't that bad, honestly. Um, 
would I ever willingly order it for myself again? No. But it's not as gross as it sounds. The hot chocolate wasn't sweet, so it wasn't, like, desserty. And they kind of just gave you a little block of cheese on a plate, and you cut off a little piece with your spoon, and you drink your hot chocolate like soup. So you can add as much as you want, which for me was barely any. <laughs> just enough to check the box. Technically. Yeah. Done. So I tried it. If I had to drink it, or if, if I had to consume it to be polite, I could definitely do that. Would I ever willingly order for it myself? No. It almost sounds like a bulletproof, the shot of butter in a coffee. Oh, mm, maybe. Uh, I wonder if they ever... I, I didn't hear of anyone drinking their coffee and putting cheese in it like hot chocolate for me that would be a logical next step (laughs) because they also drink agua de panela with cheese which is kind of like just sugar water honestly um and just heat it up and also drink that with cheese which sounded much worse that (laughs) i don't want to try um it's kind of just like a cheese dessert but uh deconstructed in one way Someone put this on chopped or make it on chopped and yeah, it can be your deconstructed, whatever. Well, what other common things were there to eat? Like whether they had cheese or not. To eat? Um, what was your favorite type of this? Like, this is what I like eating. Honestly, I didn't eat a lot of authentic food because I was kind of near a touristy area, which uh, had a lot of vegetarian restaurants and I am vegetarian in the U.S., and like to be as much as possible, even though it's kind of flexible while I was traveling. Something I did like that's super traditional is sancocho, which is a soup that they would give you kind of before your um, main lunch. Mm-hmm. And what's in it? Honestly, I'm not a thousand percent sure. Um, so I don't want to get it incorrect. I'll look it up. Cut out the silence. I almost feel like it might vary. It felt pretty similar anytime I had it because I had a, it a lot because it's so common. Mm-hmm, but like country um, to country because I think, I mean. Oh, it's country yeah. to country. I could be totally wrong and I'll just cut that out so I sound smart. Yeah, so it would be like chicken broth and it had potatoes, yucca, or plantains, like a little bit of chicken. And one time I had a vegetarian version that just had tofu instead mm-hmm. of chicken. And then they also give you like a little chunk of corn on the cob is always floating in your soup but that's really good it sounds very similar to okay what i would imagine i guess it's similar country to country something that i ate a ton of was was pan de bono which is like a type of bread made from yucca flour and it also has cheese mixed in and it's in the shape of a little kind of like a donut it's a little ring but it's much flatter than a donut would be and they're really um, really salty and because they're made with yucca flour they're really chewy so those are fantastic. I ate way too many. Um, but the problem is because of the kind of chewy consistency, I mean, all bread is best warm, but if it a day goes by, they'll get cold and hard and gross. So they have a very short lifespan. You really got to eat them warm. But those are really tasty. If anyone knows in the U.S. East Coast where to get those please tell me i, I, I feel miss like them a lot and i'll probably try to make them at home i feel like i haven't gone to these places myself but i'm pretty sure there are a couple of colombian places in northern virginia okay you yeah. could probably find it there 
because it's also more like a Valle de Cauca thing, not even just like a Colombian thing. So it's like that region, which makes it a little bit trickier. Or we could try Café Sabor. Okay, yeah. That I, haven't, I haven't looked at the menu at all. but Yeah, I need to look for where to get this Colombian food that I miss now. So this is the uh, the happy or spicy or whatever rapid fire questions, which end up being five to ten minute answers anyway. Okay, I'm ready. But we try our best. What's your favorite dance? Salsa. Why? Um, it was my first dance. There's so much variety. Um, I love the music. I love learning footwork more than I like learning partner work, and that's much easier to find or more common more common to do in salsa. Also, I just spent two months dancing only salsa. So yeah, so I guess your answer. I'm sure my answer changes from that all the time, but at this particular moment, it was easy for me to choose a favorite. Okay. Whereas maybe several months ago, I would have said, "How do I choose a favorite?" So <laughs> uh, you might have already answered, but like, what's your favorite type of move or like your favorite move in general? Wow, that's very hard. You mentioned you like footwork, but is there something else? I like pachanga type steps which have a lot of heel in them and like pivoting on your heel i don't actually know a ton of those moves but those are some of my favorite to watch and the few that i do know some of my favorite to throw in when i can do you have any pet peeves when you're out and about dancing a non-musical lead Ooh. i would say is my biggest pet peeve other than the very obvious ones like being mildly sexually assaulted and mm. things like that <laughs> yeah those don't even have to be mentioned um uh what have been your favorite places of like just anywhere you've been colombia u.s or otherwise if you've been anywhere i don't know that's a hard question i really like colombia and i'll probably end up moving there for a longer amount of time and that's why i did go there for a significant amount of time compared to going elsewhere but I haven't traveled to a ton of other countries, so and I would like to more in the future. But uh, yeah, big fan of Colombia. Highly recommend it to anyone. I feel like it gets a lot of bad press here in the U.S. as being um, dangerous or something. Cali is actually dangerous. Be careful when you're there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Colombia as a whole, no, is awesome. What uh, what keeps you in? into dancing i really like learning new types of dances i wouldn't say I get bored per se of ones i already know but for me it's kind of a fun hobby because i like learning new things and i like seeing myself improve in things i'm putting time effort and money towards so i started out with salsa and then bachata started becoming more popular in Richmond, so I learned that one. And then Zook popped up, so I learned Zook. I feel like I go to random dance classes for other things, or I've been to other random events like swing dancing. Not very good at swing, <laughs> but I, I would like to learn more in the future. And then, yeah, I got into Rueda and Salsa Cubana. Um, then I went to Cali to learn Salsa Calenia because you can't really learn that <laughs> very many places in the U.S. You got to go to the source. So there's just so many types of dances to learn out there. Now that I'm back, 
Um, I finally went to my very first Zumba class. I highly recommend if you've never been to Zumba before and you just like to dance to music. So I'm trying to learn more kind of individual dances and just learn more ways to move my body because there's so many genres of music. At the end of the day, I just really like music and I like to be able to have kind of a different dance body vocabulary to express whatever the music is yeah stressing whatever tone feel it has so if you learn more types of dance you can enjoy music more so that's what keeps me in it there's still way too many dances to learn but uh as i get bored of one i just find another and they never end <laughs> and then maybe by the time you circle back around you won't be bored anymore there you go. Yeah, like I just went to my first social back in the U.S. It had been a long time, but I went to a Viva La Bachata, and I was kind of worried that since Bachata is more or less non-existent in Cali, going straight into a Bachata-only social would be frustrating, or I would have forgotten things. Um, but I had a fantastic time. So, yeah, distance makes the heart grow fonder <laughs> for styles of dance. Good to know. Maybe, oh, I did one swing class in the summer in college and probably dislocated my kneecap back then, too. Oof. So maybe I'll go back to it once I'm up and about again. And when if you live in an area that only has a few types of dances, you can always go to another city, go to another country, if that option is available to you. And you'll find way more types of dances depending on what websites you're going and you could even start online yeah that's true covid dr drastically changed that yeah and youtube i watch so many youtube videos to learn dance moves um there's so many little tutorials for anything you could think of like if you are now intrigued by salsa calenia just look up on youtube like pasos, salsa, calenia. The difficult thing will be pretty much all of them will be in Spanish. So uh, whatever. learn some Spanish maybe. <laughs> fire up but Duolingo. Yeah, fire up Duolingo. You really only need to know like your body parts and things like that. Then you'll be mostly oh. covered. But they, I'm pretty sure they have like a body parts subject yeah. in there. So. And even if you don't, you can get it if they're teaching it well. But there are a ton of videos, especially since like Salsa Calenia has all those steps that have names. Um, it's kind of great for making little video tutorials. Partner work, I think, would be hard to learn online personally mm, yeah. for a new style of dance. But yeah. If you just want to learn like individual footwork things, I do love me some YouTube. And then like once you get to a point, you can't actually just like pick apart a video and figure out how they're doing something yeah i'm not there yet I, that's a skill i want to get better at but it frustrates me how slow it is for me now trying oh like, like setting yeah. the speed on the youtube video to 0 0.25 <laughs> and watching it 20 times yeah and I then mean, doing it wrong 20 times I, I spent like an hour and a half trying to figure out this one 15 or 20 second clip that um that i just found and I don't think we got through the whole move by the end of the our little quote-unquote class. Yeah, that's a skill I really admire in others when I see it. Um, and, like, children. Children just watch, like, full dance 
music videos and learn the <laughs> dance and I'm God. really jealous. I never feel more jealous of children than when I see them dance and they learn it so fast. I'm, I'm not watching their TikTok videos, so I wouldn't know what they're up to now. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing on TikTok either. Well, on that note, I think that's about all I have for you. Thanks for coming by again and actually properly doing it with me. Ah, no problem. It was good to have a test run so that I could think about what to say in advance. And yeah, always good to visit. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, I think that's all I was going to say. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about our conversations or would like to appear in a future episode of the podcast, send an email to dancingquestions at gmail.com. Her theme song is Kiss and Tell, Breezy Bossa Nova by Keshko. The photograph used in our artwork was taken by Ardian Lumi, available on Unsplash. Logo and artwork were created by Lydia Francis. Please visit our website for links and further details. Also, follow us on Instagram, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to keep up with our latest content.